Hello and welcome to the Magical Midlife Podcast, where you get a refreshing, uplifting and optimistic perspective on life in your 40s and 50s. I'm your host, Lindsay DeSwart, and I'm delighted that you've joined us here today. So let's jump right in. Hello, this is Lindsay DeSward and welcome to the Magical Midlife podcast. And today I am very excited to welcome my guest, Mickey Eaves. And Mickey Eaves is a friend, predominantly um, a friend and also a local entrepreneur who works very closely with children and families. However, in true Magical Midlife style, Mickey has so much more going on than just business and through all of this COVID time, and in fact, in the 10 years, I think, that I've known Mickey, she brings so much positivity and optimism to life that I thought she was an absolute natural early guest for Magical Midlife Podcast. So welcome, Mickey. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Cool. Now, I'm going to start many years before we met. Yeah. And then, um, actually, I tell you what, why don't you, first of all, will you just tell us a little bit about you so we know kind of, you know, who you are, just the like the most basic of who you are, what you do today. And then we're going to wind the clock right back and ask you all about the nitty gritty and, you know, everything before now. Sure. OK, so to start off, I would say um, without going straight to my labels, I am an eternal lover of dwelling in imagination and creativity and fun and joyful things in life. Um, I am a mom of three kids that they're 23, 21 and 14. I am a wife. We have been together for almost 28 years. Like it's been like a crazy amount of time. Wow. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. That's yeah, I think that's about right. Um, and we have a little dog, Olive, who is a pug, who is just as quirky as the rest of us, which is awesome. So she's a great fit. I work with, like you said, I work with uh, kids and families and moms who are trying to find their footing again after they have recognized that their roles are not static. And you have to adapt along the way and allow yourself to grow with your kids yeah. Uh, and yeah, become something new. You have to be reinventing yourself almost all of the time. Yeah. So it's growing with uh, your kids, but it's also, it's growing beyond. Right. It, yeah. It's like, story. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say you're at the stage also where, you know, your kids are fleeing the nest and then it's about who am I? What do I want? So, you know, we're in fairly similar positions based on that. Yeah, and the importance of identifying who you are and who you wanna become outside of your roles and responsibilities is mm -hmm. huge because I think as moms, we forget that yes. that's something that's going to happen. And if you don't work with that as it's happening, it becomes a huge blocker for your happiness. Yeah. And it drains you completely because you're always pushing against something. Yeah. And, and, and defined to... by everything outside. Right. But when your definition changes yeah, and your identity and it, like it doesn't match anymore. So that becomes a real struggle yeah, for a lot absolutely. of people. So, 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So cool. Right. Well, that's exactly why you're here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so now before we met, tell me a little bit about, you know, once you left school, did you know that this is what you were going to do? No, I actually didn't start this until, until much later. Um, I couldn't get out of school fast enough. Really? I, yeah, yeah. It, that was not my jam. It was not somewhere I felt comfortable. It was, so you know how every, every kid and every person for that matter, attaches themselves to who they think they're supposed to be, what it is that they're allotted to do in life. Mm-hmm. So I was never, I was never outwardly labeled as the smart kid right. in my family. I was the athletic one. I was the one that was the nurturer. So it didn't mean that I wasn't like, it wasn't available to me to be intellectually advanced, Yeah. but because I didn't think I didn't hear that label attached to my name. So I didn't, I didn't accept that as my own. That was taken by my other sister. Right. So she had it. So I couldn't have it. Mm-hmm. So school to me was like, yeah, get me out of here because I don't feel like I, I fit in. Um, I got a job in a factory because that was what I thought I was supposed to do. Get out of school, get a job, and then just plot on down that path. Okay. Yeah. So I got the job in the factory, which was great. I was like organizing bingo cards of all things. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great big (laughs) skids of sheets of bingo cards and the the stacks were like six feet tall. Um, Like it it was heavy, heavy labor. Mm. The money was good. But I remember one day looking around at the women that I was working with and thinking, because they were just that much older than I was. Yeah. Because I was 17 or 18, like just out of school. And thinking, oh, this is it. This is this is what this kind of path choice is going to net me. Right. Because the, these women were, you know, 20 years my senior. So it was logical for me to think, oh, if you stay here, this is what your life will become. Mm-hmm. They were lovely, lovely women, mm-hmm. but it was not a life that I was going to choose for myself, but I had to be there and I had to experience that to recognize, Hey girl, you got to do more than just get yourself out of school and expect anything to happen. So that was a, that was a really big turning point for me. So, yeah. So then I chose to go back to school because I wanted to be there, which was very (laughs) different than I have to be there. Yeah. Whole different motivation, completely different. And growing up on a farm, um, there wasn't really a whole lot of value mm-hmm. placed in post-secondary school. Right. So it was a big mindset shift for me to, to understand that if you want more, you probably have to set yourself up to get more actively. Mm-hmm. It's not just a passive thing that, that shows up for you. Right. So I went back to school and I did um, aesthetics for 25 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I had, I had a couple of uh, little shops, like locations where people could come to the brick, brick and mortar shops. Yeah. Uh, then when I had my first child, we moved the store, like the, the business moved home so that I could be there 
and not really take any kind of maternity leave. So I ended up doing that superwoman double duty mm-hmm. where you're home with the kids plus running a business. So right. I did that for a lot of years yeah. and it, it was great. It had some really good aspects to it, but there was always people in the house. You were always entertaining two-year-olds or whatever age they were at the time, plus trying to pay attention to your clients. And right. they understood that that yeah. was the environment that they were coming in, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the kids learned to be very social at a very, very young age, mm-hmm. which was awesome. But again, there was a point where I was like, you know, I really don't want to be rubbing people's feet for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to do something that feels more soul filling for me. Right. Uh, and that's when things really started to shift. I was 32 mm-hmm. and I had taken my kids to, uh, I can't even remember what the event was, but on the way home, it was like a really heavy overcast day. The humidity was super high. It was hot. And I got hit with a migraine. And I remember driving home thinking, how am I going to make it home? It was and that bad. Kids, it was so awful. Like I started to lose my vision. Uh, it was, it was pretty heavy and I got home and this was not my first migraine. I was going to say, is this the first time it happened? No, but this was the first time that it happened that I went, wait a minute. And I started to think about it very differently. Right. And I started to recognize that every time I got a migraine was when I was doing too much mm-hmm. or letting myself go without for too long. Hmm. And I started questioning, what is this mind body connection thing that I'm hearing about so frequently? Right. And that was the moment that everything shifted and I got into this aspect of work that I do now. Very cool. Yeah. Now, were there any key people along the way that helped you? Because you said that you obviously had to go through the experience of working in the factory to go, uh, this is not what I want. And then, of course, it was a very physical symptom that came up to go, uh, this is not what I want. Were there any key people? Or was it very um, much self-driven? Yeah, at that point, because there was there were very, very few people who I knew that actually subscribed to that way of living that whole mind body connection so I felt like I was kind of in an arena by myself until I was in it for a little bit right and then I could look around and I could recognize and see people Mm -hmm. I guess because my energy shifted then I started having different conversations and I started surrounding myself with different people you attract different people it's true totally totally so so I don't know that there was, you know, anyone in specific in that vein right. that really helped propel, but it was just the, I guess, the encouragement um, from my sister or, you know, people mm-hmm. who were emotionally connected right. and were, you know, were supporting me in, yes, do what you need to do to discover where is the resolution for this for you. Mm-hmm. And by you making those changes, because it sounds like you did those when the, the kids were still relatively young. Yeah. So I only had the I only had the girls then and they were about three and one or two and four, like that kind of. So they were little. Okay. 
So they were really little. Okay, because I was going to say, how did your change in path then affect the family? Oh, I think it was, it was huge. Yeah, it was absolutely huge because the kids were then seeing their mom showing up in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, the food in the house started to shift from a lot of packaged processed foods to more holistic foods. Right. Um, languaging changed. Mm-hmm. We moved from, because I think my platform was a bit of a victim. Well, it wasn't even a bit of a victim. I was full on victim. Oh. Because, <laughs> Great self-admission. <laughs> well done. <laughs> was so true. I learned at a really early age that because I wasn't the smart one, mm-hmm. I would be the one who, oh, poor her. Let's, let's give her a free pass. Right. I learned to be that kind of person. And I guess it worked to some capacity, mm-hmm. um, but it only can get you so far. So yeah, my whole languaging changed. And to this day, my, my older girls that are out doing their own thing now yeah. will say to me, that was one of the best experiences was to have an event come up. And like my oldest daughter just said this to me the other day. And she said, you would say to me as a young child, well, what do you think? Right. Well, what do you think is the best way to handle this? And give them the power of choice. And mm-hmm. then of course you're going to support them and say, well, you know, have you thought about this or have you thought about that? But it, it moved them from having victim as an option yeah. to, well, where's your power? Yeah. What can you do? So you know, I look at them. My son is just in, in grade nine now, so I'm sure he will demonstrate his own version of this as he moves along. But because they're that little bit older, I can look at them and I can compare where I was versus what I see them doing. And I think, wow, that it did work. Like, yeah. because they are independent, they are strong. They will definitely come back home and they still, we, we have a very different relationship where it's just a valuable exchange of energy and information and it's not needy which mm. is it's really good so yeah so I think it made a lot of shifts fantastic so when you went through that because I think what a lot of people find is when they have this kind of spiritual awakening almost this as you say mm. my my soul needs feeding right now yeah when they have that and I want to say awakening because everybody loves to say the word oh they're so awoke which is a term I hate (laughs) um it tends to have knock-on effects uh with friends and family family immediately and as you say you can see that over the years how that plays out but what about things like friend groups or more distant family because quite often that frightens them because all of a sudden you change and they don't know what to do with it Right. Yes. So the, the biggest, one of my closest relationships changed massively because they were a taker and I was a giver. I was a people pleaser. Right? Yeah. It's good enough. Do it. Can I do more for you? Will you like me more? And when I changed that dance and I no longer became, I don't have a problem giving to people, but it is not a one-way street anymore. Yeah the takers go, wait a second, (laughs) wait a second. This isn't working for me because now I can't use this relationship the way that I used to. Yeah. So 
yeah, a lot of things really changed. Um, I had to have some very difficult conversations Mm -hmm. repeatedly because if you have takers and you're a giver, the taker will not understand what you're saying when you say no, because they don't like it. So you have to say it over and over and over, which can be really challenging. Yeah, because you test yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes you feel like it's easier to just give in and you go, oh, what the heck? I'll just, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. And then inevitably there will be those times you do it and you go, what was I thinking? Yeah. And then you know, next time just keep saying no. Yeah. I mean, there is the expression that you train people how to, you train people how to treat you. Oh, 100%. Yes. So yeah, a lot of the friend groups that I had um, dissolved, which was totally fine because then I recognized that they were actually only there because I was doing something for them. Mm. And once I stopped, then off they went, which I'm like, oof, now I can go see you later. (laughs) (laughs) With a look of relief on your face, like, don't let the door get your way out. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard to fathom at the time. Mm. But in hindsight, you go, ah, that was never a a real friendship. Mm. It was an acquaintance. Yeah, fair enough. Know your real friendships, and you are one of those real friendships where I cannot see you for six months or a year. And there is no tension. There's no animosity. There's no, well, how, how come you haven't called me? Oh, absolutely. Right? Oh my gosh, let's catch up. How are you doing? Yeah. What do you have to, right? There's no, um, there's no negativity. Yeah. And, and there's I'm no sure guilt. I, and no guilt. And I could say something to you if, if you and I had an interaction that was really off-putting to me, I know I could tell you flat out and you would take it at face value. And then we would shift and change and do what we needed to do. Yeah. So to me, that's a real friendship. Yeah. So all of those other false ones, they were like space holders, I guess, really. Yeah, because um, they come laden with expectation. Yes. And almost duty bound and yeah. filling a it's, role. They're heavy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then the other thing, of course, is your... So you went from having your um, aesthetics business and having people in the house all the time and, you know, a full calendar. How did that change? Because if you're giving up one successful business to then transitioning into something else, how does, you know, how does that feel? Because all of a sudden your schedule is completely different and your bank account's completely different. And so how did that work? Because that's another big transition. It's very real and it's pretty scary. It is because it's unknown. Yeah, really. Right. There's, there's no employer saying to you, well, you're going to get X number of dollars a month. Mm. Right. So it's a, it's a moving from, I can pretty much count on this coming in to, Ooh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't count on any of this coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But what I did discover is that when I actually started charging for the value and worth of my time and the information that I was sharing with people Mm -hmm. and how it was affecting their lives in such a positive way. You know, like the amount of people that I had to work with was Mm -hmm. so different. Wow. That's cool. If if you're doing a manicure, you're going to have to do 10 manicures to like, do you know what I mean? So, so time for time, it was actually a better option. 
for me. I had more time with my kids. And, and the more I worked with people in that capacity, the more I grew as well. So, but but for sure it's scary because you you don't know, and and you're learning as you go. And, and anybody who tells you otherwise, I don't think they're really being truthful. No, absolutely. How do you know until you're in it, if it's working or not? Yeah, exactly. And as you say, there's this, this whole thing about you're going to jump, but you don't know what lies at the other side. Right. And that's the scary thing of breaking out of the mold, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes you don't even know if you can make it to the other side, right? Like exactly. how, how strong are my jumping legs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now onto the really exciting stuff. Yeah. Which is, so tell us now what you're doing, because every time I see something that you've created <laughs> or you're writing about or you're presenting about, I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't know she did that. And I didn't know she was so good at that. So tell us about that. Okay, thank you. So you were a huge catalyst for me and a support system and a cheerleader and all of those wonderful things. Thank when you. I very first started what, what is called the Healing Sprites. And these are these amazing little stuffed handmade characters that come with guided meditations for kids to help them learn how to quiet in their body and tune into this amazing guidance system that we all have within that I, I truly feel that kids are getting farther and farther away from mm-hmm. with all of the technology that's available to them. There is so little time now for kids to learn how to be bored. Yeah, really. How to, right. How to let their imagination wander off and create amazing things. They're being told what to think and you know, how to feel and what their imagination should be doing. Mm-hmm. Everything is, is predetermined for them. So this is a really great way for kids to have a tactile thing to hold on to that is handmade and it's filled with really good energy and love. And the kids can use their guided meditation to, you know, use that to tap into what's already there. Mm-hmm. So I have that. And knowing that a lot of families don't have either the financial resources or the time to come in and have one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. I have uh, video programs for families called the Mindfulness Matters program, where there is content in there for everyone from the grandparents down to the two-year-olds and the family as a whole unit. So there's that. Um, I wrote my book, Coming Into Balance. It came out in November of 2019, which was a huge deal for me. Oh my goodness. And perfect timing just as the world was going belly up. Yeah. So what's the book about? So this is um, a self-help book Mm -hmm. that gives you so many different ways to explore where are you now emotionally, mentally, physically, where do you want to be? Because some people don't even know what that is. Yeah, for sure. And it's about creating this non-judgmental, no criticism, a free zone to really take a heartfelt look at where am I? How did I get here? Mm-hmm. Right. Without putting blame on anybody else. It's because you are where you are. And so let's start from there, but maybe take a look back and go, who was your role model? Mm-hmm. Who, who modeled how to look after finances? Who modeled what does a healthy body look like? What does a healthy relationship look like? What does your self-talk sound like? Who modeled all of that? 
And do you want to continue with that? Or would you like to try something different? So it's steps to really uh, take a good look at where you are. What do you want to shift? What can you let go of? What can you start envisioning for yourself? And let's get you there. So it's a, it's a workbook, plus it's um, reflective and forward thinking. And it's, it's all kinds of stuff. It's really great. Now, is that available online? Is that downloadable? Uh, that one's available on Amazon, actually. So it's, oh, a, fantastic. it's, it's cool. an in-print book okay. um, where I actually want you to write in it, write in it, use it as your daily log of what is going on for you so that you have, you can even look back and go, look how far I've come. Yeah. Because sometimes we don't recognize because it is our new normal. Yeah. You don't even like that term, but we get so accustomed to what things feel like that you forget how far yeah. you've actually come. You really do. Yeah. yeah. The lady yeah, who so coaches me with my horse actually said, do you journal with your horse? I was like, no, I journal everything else, but I've never thought to journal my horse. And she's like, Lindsay, look how far you've come. <laughs> I went, why would I not journal my horse? Of course. For oh, see, I would have said my horse can't hold the pencil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> And then just this morning, when I was sitting down to do stuff, I was like, oh my goodness, that journal, I better fill in that journal. Yes. Yeah. But it's so, so true, that. right? Every yeah. day you do something and there's definitely going to be improvement, change yeah. of some sort. And you need to have something that you can gauge. Are you slipping backwards into old patterns that just feel gross? Yeah. Or are you letting exactly. yourself move forward? Because it's Whatever. easy to, I was going to say, it's so easy to slip back. Because yeah. those, those sort of habits are very well-worn grooves. Yes, they are. But it they doesn't mean they're fun are. to be in. Right. Yet we spend a lot of time there because it's absolutely. familiar. Yeah, it's right? familiar. Yeah. You're so and right. familiar, I speak to this in the book, familiar masks itself as comfortable. Yes, absolutely. And it's not comfortable. It's just predictable. Yeah. Absolutely. So, now, I don't know if you'd be happy to share. Would you be happy to share my favorite story about your healing sprites, about the little boy that you met in class? Because oh, I yeah. just think that is such a powerful story. Yeah, this this story, is, this that moment is imprinted on my heart. It's imprinted forever. on my heart. I wasn't even there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I was at a, an elementary school. And I was in the library doing workshops with, with little kids all day long and recess, the recess bell had rung. So the kids were all going out to recess and the librarian came over to me and I had the healing sprites there just as a story starter. And she said to me, well, what are those things? So I explained it to her and she said, you know, there's a little one in the community classroom. And she said, I think he would really benefit from this, would, would you be open to coming and sharing and we'll just see, see how it goes? Absolutely. She said, now just bear in mind, he um, is nonverbal. He has had some pretty big trauma. He doesn't like to make eye contact and he doesn't show emotion. So I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So off we go into the room and he's sitting on the mat and he's playing with like Duplo blocks and, and the teacher sits down with me, the librarian, me, and I've got the healing sprite on my lap. And I'm just sitting beside him. And she says, um, well, I'll just call him John. That's not his name, but I'll call him John. Mm -hmm. She says, John, uh, this is Mickey. And she has something that she wants to share with you. And he looked over at me 
And he looked down at the healing sprite that was sitting in my lap and he looked back up at me and he looked me straight in the eye and he said, what's its name? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, I said, I don't actually know. I said, because they communicate best with kids. So do you think maybe if I held it a little closer to you, maybe you could find out what its name is and you need to know that you might not hear it like a word. You might hear it like a feeling or a whisper from your heart. Would you be willing to do that? And he nodded his head and I, I held it over and he leaned in and I leaned in and he looked at me and he said, now he's never heard of what these things are before. And he said, it said its name is Unisprite. And out of my peripheral vision, I can see the teacher and her jaw, like in the cartoons, right? Oh, <laughs> her, her jaw dropped open. Yeah. Now, at the time, the healing sprites now have evolved in their design. At the time, every single one of them was unique and the patterns were different on every healing sprite. So he was 100% in calling it Yuna sprite. Mm -hmm. It was the only one that was designed like that. And now at this point, I've forgotten everything that the teacher has said. And I said, would you like to give it a hug? I said, mm -hmm. it's got really great arms for hugging. And he nodded his head and I passed over to him and he put its arms like up around his neck and he hugged it and squeezed it. And he got up and he danced around the room showing the other kids. And the teacher looked at me and she goes, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> because it had such a profound impact on him without even having the meditation. Yeah. So I know there's something truly magical that, that was born of my energy and my um, imagination and my desire to want to help kids. Yeah. And he was just a shining example of what kind of an impact you can have on somebody or lots of somebody's yeah. If you get still and listen, because like your guidance system won't steer you wrong. Yeah. You just have to be still enough to hear those tiny little whispers that are waiting for you. And then you have to act on them. Yeah. So, and that's the yeah. part that really takes the courage, isn't it? It is because sometimes it feels nonsensical. Yeah, totally. Right. But you gotta, you have to take that I call it inspired action. Mm -hmm. You have to do it because it's coming to you and through you for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's one of my goals with this podcast. And as I say, with the people that I interview is to build the community, as I keep saying about this circle of women who provide a space actually for women who are in that position, right. who are really feeling an urge to do something, a yearning to do something yeah. Yet it doesn't feel, as you say, it's nonsensical. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel known. Yet by being in this community, know that you are supported by a whole bunch of women who have also done that sort of thing, whatever right. it might be. Yes. Yeah. And it's okay to even just dip a toe in that, in those waters. And well, what does that feel like? Yeah. What, what does, how does that even work? Right. If you're not sure how it works, mm -hmm. like, I know for me, there've been times when, when I would sit still and I would ask, okay, what is the best use of my time today? Mm -hmm. And then I just wait. And I know one time I heard, um, go for a walk at noon. 
And I was like, well, that is oddly specific. <laughs> it really oh, is oddly specific. Yeah. Like, okay. And I had ladies coming to the house that were sewing healing sprites that day. Mm-hmm. And we were deep in conversation. And I looked up and I said, I got to go for a walk. I said, I don't know where I'm going, but you carry on. Mm-hmm. But I've been instructed to go for a walk. And as I was walking around, an entire program just downloaded into me of what I was to do next. Holy cow. And if I hadn't have listened, and I don't know why noon, but I, mm. it's not mine to question. I, noon worked fine. I would have been having great conversation with those ladies, but I would have missed that. And then I came back and had great conversation with those ladies, but yeah. also had, had the idea and the outline for this program. So wow, you just never, so cool. just never know. No, yeah. you never know in what form it's going to come. But as you say, until you can get quiet, you'll never hear it anyway. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a huge learning for me is that when I, when I feel it, sense it, hear it, see it, however it happens to present it, itself to me, do it, Yeah. do it and just be open to the fact that something is there for you. And it's probably not what you're expecting. <laughs> I think that's the key part, isn't it? Yes. So speaking of probably not what you're expecting, what would you say have been the challenges in sort of being brave and stepping into the life that you have now? What have been the, the biggest hurdles or the biggest challenges and how did you overcome them? I think I still am overcoming them. Okay. To be honest, because there are things that pop up that I'm not expecting that I go, oh, there's that thing again. I thought I was okay. done. Um, the biggest challenge for me, I think, is myself. My doubting myself, my... Yes. The questioning the silence when I have something that I want to do and the idea is sort of percolating in my head and when I've got it created and I'm ready to put it out into the world that's when I start to really question, I love what I create, Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, there's this little tiny piece of me that goes, that's not good enough. (laughs) 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 It's not going to be received well or whatever, um, or there's nothing. So that is the big, yeah. Like it's the, the sound of the crickets that there's, there's no cheering. There's no um, negativity that I can try and counter it's that stillness that I go, okay, well, what do I do now? <laughs> so that's, that, that's the hardest for me. And I love that you've actually said that out loud because it's one of those things. You can't say it quietly, can you, when you're on a podcast? But it's <laughs> one of those things that, again, I was having a chat with somebody about being on this podcast and she was in exactly the position that you've talked about when she said, it's so quiet now and I don't know what to do with it. Because she said before, everything has been lined up, or as you say, there's always been a hurdle to encounter or to to master. There's always been something to challenge. And right now, everything, I'm not saying, you know, everything is great because, you know, they've had family changes and all sorts of stuff. But she said, as far as my next move is concerned, it is quiet. And she said, I have never been so frightened of it because I don't know what to do with it. Right. Yes. You know, with a house full of young kids, you rarely get quiet. Yes. So it's a big, big change. Yeah. And that is, that is one of the things that when I, when I look back at what my life used to be, 
mm-hmm. versus what it is now. Mm-hmm. I'm more in the driver's seat now where before, although I was the, the parent, yeah. the kids sort of dictated what my schedule looked like, right? Whether yeah. it was school or, you know, whatever it was that the thousands of snacks that you prepare and trips to the park and that kind of stuff. I loved it, loved it, loved it. But it certainly made the day go by a whole lot faster because yeah. I knew what was expected. So now when I'm sitting in this quiet of, Hey, where are you driving your bus today? Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for the passengers to tell me where they're going. And I'm the passenger and the driver. And so, right. It's that, well, I don't really know. I guess I, I guess I'm going to try this way and see how that goes. Yeah. And knowing that I'm not, I don't have to be 100% committed. I can always change directions and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And if I choose to go one way and it doesn't work so well, there's probably something there that I needed to learn or a person I needed to meet or a piece of information I needed to garner, whatever it is, and then come back to, okay, well, where are we going now? Okay. So I don't think there's any wrong turns. I think it's just the making a choice. Yeah, absolutely. So the analogy of the uh, bus and being the driver and the passenger and all the rest of it, I've actually just recommended this book and I've taken it off my shelf and dropped it in it with a client. And it's called The Energy Bus by John Gordon. Okay. And the only reason I mention that is because it is such a powerful analogy for you say at one point, you're the passenger at one point, you're the driver and some days you're both. (laughs) Yes. And that's pretty tough. Yes. And you know, it's so funny because I used, I just remember this now. I used to say to my husband all the time, I'm going to be a bus driver one day because I, <laughs> I thought that's what I, well, here I am. <laughs> I am driving this bus. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So what are the things that you still want to do? Because of course we're still young. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I am young enough and wise enough and still crazy enough to set some really big giant goals that I'm going to achieve. Uh, I like that. So... I, my next big goal is to have a kid's television show. <gasps> yeah. So the I'm starting best. with a YouTube channel. I can't wait. I, this is one I of those wait. that I can't not do, right? Like I'm thinking cool. about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I know that's the right place for me to be. I want it to be, or it already is. I'm going to say that it's just not in production yet. Cause Across- it is actually taking steps already, isn't it? There yes, are it steps happening that make it real. Yes, absolutely. So and I'm and I'm defining it and growing it and and it's shifting and changing in my body, you know, while it's coming into fruition. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a cross between Mr. Rogers, which is that beautiful, soul-centered kindness mm-hmm. sort of platform, and Carol Burnett, who is quirky and fun and and live and mm-hmm. rolling with the mistakes that happen and laughing out loud and being really okay with who you are. Right. And it will, and it will be a place where, you know, when you, when your kids were little, there were some TV shows that you'd put on and you'd go, Oh, that theme song, <laughs> I can't get out of my head. And the, you, you're not endeared to the characters, but the kids want to watch it kind of yeah. thing. And then there are some shows where you're both drawn in. Yeah. I want it to be a program where both like the parents are sitting watching it and equally as engaged because there's stuff there for them too. Yeah. So it will be a platform where there are real people, which will be me. And it's Mm -hmm. going to be called Nikki and the healing sprites. 
and it takes place on a farm where there's some kind of event that happens, whether it's a visitor or there's a, an issue with like muffin making going crazy or something. And there'll be a moment where I go, oh, that reminds me of a time on the Healing Sprites farm when, and then it goes to the animated version and then comes back with the learning from the fun animated show yeah. to, oh yeah, that's what happened there. I think I can apply this. Mm -hmm. And then you move forward with some kind of mindful direction of how to really use your own energy and your thought processes and all of those kinds of things. Oh so. my goodness. Well, we're going to watch, watch this space for that. Yes. Yes. So I started with a, sprites. Yeah. I started with a YouTube channel. There's not very much on there right now, but I started and yeah. that's the first step to going anywhere is taking a step. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to do. Yeah. That is super cool. It's so exciting. And I cannot wait. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. My goodness. So that's the thing. I love the fact that you said, yes, I'm young enough and I'm, you know, I've still got enough energy and I've still got enough courage to do that because yeah. that's what it takes to take on a new challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. And yet I... we're being bashed with, oh, but you know, you're on the shelf, you're too old, you're looking forward to retirement and nothing else. You're like, uh, hello, I'm only 50, not right. like 500. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm going to approach it from, from this perspective that oftentimes in a family, it's the grandmother that feels so comforting and so knowledgeable and space holding yes. for, for kids. Mm -hmm. That's the position. I want to take that kind of energy with a side of quirkiness and loads of fun and bring that into everything that I do. Which is awesome. And that mm -hmm. actually taps into the energy of the matriarch, the crone, um, yes. the, the, the wise elder. Yeah, yes. Because you're no longer worried about what somebody might think of you or how you may be judged. Because quite frankly, you've moved past that. That's just yep. like time-wasting nonsense. Yep. But also apparently essential in our development. And now right. we've moved to the stage where, as you say, you can really hone in on that grandmother energy yes, to yes. provide the next platform. Yeah, where you can look at the, the critics mm -hmm. and go, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. One, one day you'll be comfortable enough that you won't need to criticize anyone else. Yeah, it's so true. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 Super, super cool. Okay, so Mickey, where can people find you, actually? Okay, so you can go to, I've got a, a couple of websites, mm -hmm. uh, healingsprites.com and living-onpurpose.com. The two okay. are interlinked, so if you go to one, you'll be able to find the other. Uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and Mickey and the Healing Sprites on YouTube. Fabulous. And on Amazon, what's the name of your book again, so people can look for it? Coming Into Balance. Okay. by Mickey Eves. Fantastic. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So just before we go, is there any sort of message that you would give to somebody who is having that inkling or having, or actually, you know what, facing the silence of what comes next? Yep. What would you say to them to help them, obviously say it quietly so you don't disturb the silence, but... <laughs> What would you say to them to encourage them to really tune in and know that there is gold by that tuning in? 
Right. Okay. So I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say if you don't do it differently at some point, mm -hmm. you're never going to see the differences that you're claiming that you want. Yes. So yeah. I don't think of it as stepping out of your comfort zone, but I, I would really encourage people to stretch their comfort zone and mm -hmm. doing things in a familiar pattern is not conducive to growth. So if there's mm -hmm. something that you're entertaining that you want to do, you have this idea or this feeling or however it comes to you, it has come to you for a reason because you are the one that is meant to explore this. So true. And just because you explore it doesn't mean that you are wearing concrete boots in it, <laughs> right? You can, you can opt out whenever you want, but give yourself that space to really see what is there so that five years down the line, you're not looking back with regret. Yeah, that's so true. Wow. Fantastic. Thank you, Mickey. So thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your energy, your creativity, your motivation, and just being your beautiful self. Thank you so much. I love your podcast, by the way. I think it is such a brilliant creation and it is so, so needed because, you know, midlife is not what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool now. Yeah, it really is. So yeah. thank you so much, Mickey. So thank what you. I what I would ask is if you've really enjoyed this episode and if you've enjoyed any of our other episodes, please subscribe. Um, please share this with your friends and you can find us on Spotify now, which feels very like, you know, young and hip and famous. Um, <laughs> find us on Spotify, but also on pretty much any of the major podcast platforms. I've been doing my best to make sure we have maximum distribution. Um, and please check out Mickey's websites and maybe go to Amazon and check out her on purpose book. No, um, uh, coming into balance. But coming into balance. I'm sorry. The on purpose is the website. Okay. Coming into balance. Okay, it gives me a chance to say it again for you. Coming into balance on Amazon. <laughs> um, go and check that out. And I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that you will join us on future episodes. And thank you again, Mickey. Thank you. This has been awesome. Take care. Bye.